And this evening we want to speak for a little bit about congregational commitment. And you know, we live in a day and age today where, where uh, I guess we'll call it religion has changed a whole lot. We have, uh, it's kind of like a buffet line of religion where we just kind of go through and we, and we pick and choose the parts that we like. And uh, if we get something that we don't like, we just put it aside and then we go on to something else. Where whenever it comes to religion, people are looking for something that they feel like gives them the best experience and gives them, uh, you know, just something that they're looking for that they can thrive on. A lot of times that that they're looking for is that excitement, that celebration that comes with being a Christian. And you know, a lot of times you'll see billboards on the side of the road advertising churches, you know, come celebrate with us, or exciting this or exciting that. And so we develop a mentality that unless we're just on a high the entire time that we're involved with Christ and involved with Christians, then it's really not serving us well. But what I want us to understand is that if we're constantly looking for the high, then we're never really going to enjoy the true blessing of what Christian relationships is all about. If we're just always moving here or we're moving there and we're just hopping to find out, okay, what church can give me the best deal? (laughs) And we lack the commitment that's necessary to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. And so this evening we want to talk about the importance of commitment. (laughs) Commitment is something that we shy away from today in relationships and in a lot of things because we want to keep ourselves free. We want to be mobile. We don't want to be tied down. But again, in trying to seek freedom and flexibility in how that we want to do do things, we avoid commitment and it's only through serious commitment that the great blessings of life come to be a reality in our life. This evening we want to talk about being committed to your congregation. And our text is going to be Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 to 16, where Paul says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into Him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Here Paul talks about the effective working by which every part does its share. And you see, if I'm a part and you're a part, in order for us to function, we have to be involved with a whole. Because a part that's just by itself really can't function. But a part is made effective whenever it is involved with a whole. And so as parts in the body of Christ, we have to find where the Lord wants us to be and involve ourselves in that whole so that we can provide our share of what is necessary for the growth of the body. And that's why I think that it's important for understand congregational commitment. We'll do an illustration here in just a moment. But we have the church universal. And here in just a few days we're going to be down in Houston and there's going to be a lot of people come in and it's going to be a great occasion. But that's one weekend out of the year. (laughs) Who am I involved with the other 51 weekends out of the year? My congregation. You here at College Park, 
me at Wheeler Avenue in Fort Smith. That whenever I look at my Christian service, that's where I am in Fort Smith, Arkansas. That's where you are here at College Park. The other 51 weekends of the year and all of the Wednesday nights and all of the other opportunities that we have to serve. And I want to talk tonight about the importance of being committed to your congregation in order to provide effectively your share to produce growth in the body for the edifying of itself in love. The word commitment, to look at several definitions of the word commitment, one definition is the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause, an activity, etc. Another definition, a feeling of very strong support for or loyalty to someone or something. Another definition, faithfulness or devotion to a person, country, group, or cause. And so whenever we integrate all of those definitions together, congregational commitment is our dedication, our loyalty, and our devotion to the congregation of which we are a member. Those are very strong terms. And those are terms that we shouldn't take lightly. That in your involvement here at College Park, if this is where your congregation is, you need to have a sense of dedication, a sense of loyalty, and a sense of devotion to the people here. And whenever we talk about being devoted to a congregation, we're not talking about being devoted to a structure. We're not talking about being devoted to an organization. We're talking about being devoted to people. To people. That when you look in the people sitting next to you in the pew, that you feel a sense of dedication and loyalty and devotion to them. A commitment that establishes you as a working part in this congregation to be made effective in the spiritual growth of the people of this congregation. In the same way for me back at Fort Smith. I love coming down here. Y'all are great people, and this has been a great experience for me, but I miss my people back home. <clears throat> Sunday morning, I can look at my watch, and it's about 9.30 when I had a watch. <laughs> JD's going to the church building, and he's turning on the lights. He's getting the communion set up, and hopefully he can get the computer turned on. And then Brother Ray's walking through the back door. And asking Brother Ray, hey, Brother Ray, how are you doing? And he says, I'm here. No, nah. it's good to be somewhere. And then after he shows up, Uncle Jerry and Aunt Rhonda come walking in. And they come in and they meet and greet those of us that are there and they take their seat on the pew. And then here a little later, Joe and Edna come walking through the side door. And Joe's walking in carrying a Tupperware bowl with communion bread in it. And he walks over to the communion table. And he puts it there. That's my people. And then I see the faces of people coming in. And then I look at my watch. It's about 10.30. They're doing the opening reading. And I know what's going on back there because that's where my heart is. I'm here and I love being here. And this has been great for me. But my heart's back there. My heart's back there. Because those are the people that I'm with the rest of the year. Those are the people that I'm committed to. Those are the people that I care for. And my first responsibility is to those people. We can come down here and I can preach and we can have a great meeting. 
And if I'm good for one weekend, but I go back up there and I'm a failure for the other 51, what kind of Christian am I? We have to have a commitment, a dedication, and a loyalty to people that touches our hearts so that those people know I'm with you all the way. Do the people of your congregation here know that you're with them all the way? Do you have it in your heart to be with them all the way? Have you made the profession to them that I want to serve Him by serving you? That's the type of commitment that we're talking about. And that's the type of commitment as we've been studying in the morning that's impressive, that's influential, and produces an effect in the life of people. You see, this congregation is not just some place to go. This congregation is a place for you to be. For you to be everything that Christ has called you to be. You know, throughout the New Testament, we're given exhortations to do this to one another, to do that. Who's your one another? If you're a member of this congregation, you're one another sits in these pews every Wednesday and every Sunday and every time you get together. And your first loyalty, your first dedication, and your first devotion is to them. You see, when we look at the church universal, we know that it's broken up into the local levels. And here's the local church, and here's us in Fort Smith, and here you all are down here. And then whenever we look at the local level, then it's divided up into its individual members. And whenever you see this illustration, if you want to have a big influence on the church universal, you've got to have a big influence in each individual's life right here. There's people in a lot of different places that I may never meet or have an opportunity to minister to. But if I do what I'm supposed to do with those that are closest to me, if I'm dedicated and I'm loyal and I'm committed to them, I'm doing what I can to strengthen the church universal. You see, whenever we look at each one of the squares, that represents the members in particular. 1 Corinthians 12, 14, For the body is not one member, but it's many. And each one of those many have to do their work and do their share. And your work and your share is your ministry and your service to the local congregation, to those that are closest to you. And therefore, you have to make that commitment and that dedication to each other. Congregational commitment is your dedication, loyalty, and devotion to the people of your congregation, their growth, and spiritual well-being. Look around at the members of your congregation. Those are the people that you want to help to grow spiritually. Now, we want to help everybody to grow spiritually. But it begins with those that are closest to us. Those that are closest to us. And sometimes I think that maybe we overlook those that are closest to us. And we look over their heads and we see other opportunities out there that we think look better for us and they're more exciting to us. But if I fail in my ministry to those closest to me, what I do beyond them, what's it do?
Paul says, according to the effectual working by the measure of every part causes growth of the body. Do I want to make the body grow? How do I make the body grow? I make the body grow by being dedicated and loyal to my congregants in helping them grow spiritually. A lot of times we think church growth is just putting people in the seats. And that's one aspect of it. We want the building full. We want a lot of people here. But we also want to produce growth spiritually within each individual member of the congregation so that whenever those new members do come in, they have an environment that they can come into and get assimilated into where they're going to be able to grow spiritually. And so we have to promote spiritual growth within each other. We each have to do our share to produce that growth in the body for the edifying of itself in love. And that takes loyalty, that takes devotion, that takes commitment. We cause growth in the body when we cause growth in each other at the local level. You know, in John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35, Jesus is sitting with His disciples on a very intimate occasion. He's sitting with his twelve and he's getting ready to enter into the time that he's going to begin his journey to the cross. And he's sitting with them on that occasion and he's looking at the faces of all of those men. And he says to them, A new commandment that I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So he's about to send them out on a worldwide mission. He's about to send them out into the world to preach the gospel to every creature. But before he sends them out on this worldwide mission, he says to them collectively as a small group, you love one another. Because if they can't be committed and loyal and dedicated and love one another as a small group, then how are they going to be in a position then to carry the love of God to the lost out into the world? To be effective ministers of the gospel in the world in order to spread the love of Christ to the world, we first of all have to practice the love of Christ among us. And that's by being dedicated, by being loyal, and by being committed to each other, as Jesus was with His disciples. He tells them, you be sure you love one another the way that I've loved you. Now, I think that's an important concept, that your first responsibility in your service to the body is your service to those that are closest to you. That you be sure you're committed and you're loyal and you're dedicated to each other here. You know, sometimes we have people that we have relationships with and if somebody ever says to you, well, my best friends live hundreds of miles away. I thought I'd tell you something about the person. You know, a lot of times we like to have these relationships. And and I have relationships outside the congregation at Fort Smith. And you have relationships outside the congregation here. But what we have to understand is that we can't allow those relationships outside of our congregation to become more important than the relationships inside our congregation. 
to where we're so looking forward to those relationships outside that we take for granted and we neglect the relationships that we have within the congregation. Because I think that the Lord is interested that I love my brothers and sisters here. That I love Ty, that I love Lisa, that I, you know, Jerry, that, that, you know, he, he's interested in that. But I think he's even more interested. Do you love Sharon? Do you love Rita? Do you love Ray? Do you love Carolyn? You don't know those people. You don't know those people. But those are the people that I'm among. Those are the people that I'm in the grind with back home. You see, it's easy to love people that you only see two or three times a year. <laughs> I mean, I can come down here and I can act right for a week. <laughs> and I can try to dress up and not embarrass myself for a week. <clears throat> but if you're with me every day, you're going to see some things that, ooh, I didn't know that about him. But that's the way it is with all of us. It's easy to love from afar. The true test of your love and my love is loving those people that are closest to me. Am I dedicated and loyal and committed to those? In 1 John 4.20, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Again, how can I make the claim to love God whom I haven't seen if I don't love those that are closest to me? And again, I can stand up here and say, I love all of these people that live in South Texas. I love all of these people that live in West Texas. I love all of these people that live in Central Oklahoma. And I love, I love all of these people. You know what God's interested in? Do you love your folks at Fort Smith? Are you dedicated to them? Are you loyal to them? Are you committed to them? Don't tell me about your love for everybody that you only see two or three times a year. I want to hear about your love with the people that you go through the grind with day after day, week after week. Because that's the test of your love. That's the test of your loyalty. That's the test of your dedication. In 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 3 to 4, as we talked about this morning, where Paul commended them for their love, and he says, The love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. Each other. These were people who were dedicated and loyal and devoted to each other through their persecutions and their tribulations. As they went through persecution and tribulation, their love, instead of decreasing, it increased. How about your love for the people of your congregation? And the love for my people at my congregation. When you go through hard times and you go through difficulties, how does it affect your love? Do people kind of step back and say, Oh, I don't know about that. Or do people say, Let me step in. Let me show you my commitment. And as people like to say today, I've got your back. <laughs> But not only do I have your back, I've got your front. And more importantly than that, I've got your heart. I've got your heart. 
<clears throat> in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 6, Paul says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as, he, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to you, let us use them. When you consider your place in this congregation and you look at your abilities and you look at your talents, it's understandable and it's scriptural to expect differences in talents, abilities, and contributions to the success of a congregation. There's different levels of ability here at College Park. There's different levels of ability at Wheeler Avenue and Fort Smith. And that's something that's scriptural because Paul plainly says, all the members do not have the same function. We don't have the same roles. We don't have the same abilities. We don't have the same talents. Paul says that we have gifts that are differing, but then he says, let's use them. Be sure you use them. And so you may look at the talent and you may look at the abilities of certain people in the congregation and look at yourself and say, well, I can't do what that person does and I can't do what that person does. Instead of focusing on what you can't do, find out what you can do and use it. Use it as an expression and a work of your commitment and your loyalty to the group here. It's understandable and it's scriptural to expect differences in talent and ability and contribution to the success of a congregation. But here's something that's not understandable and something that's not scriptural. It's not understandable and it's not scriptural to expect differences in dedication, loyalty, and devotion. Sometimes we get it in our mind that the most talented ought to be the most loyal. The most talented ought to be the most devoted. The most talented ought to be the most dedicated. And that's not right. Though our talents may be different, which is a scriptural understanding, our dedication and our loyalty and our commitment should all be the same. So don't you expect any more dedication and loyalty and commitment out of your elders than you're willing to give yourself. Don't expect any more loyalty, dedication, and commitment out of those that seem to be the most talented among you than you do yourself. Because whatever it is that you can contribute, whatever it is that you can use, whatever it is that you can do, you do it with the same level of devotion and commitment and dedication that the most talented among you do in order to make this congregation thrive and grow. You know, he goes on into Romans chapter 12 and verse number 9, says, let love be without hypocrisy. Let me ask you this. Can some of us have a little bit of hypocritical love? Is it okay for those that are less talented to have a little bit of hypocritical love, but the most talented, they have to have love without hypocrisy? No. I think that goes for everybody, doesn't it? Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Does that mean that those that are maybe a little less talented, eh, they don't have to hate evil as much as those that are the most talented... Cling to what is good. Does that mean that the most talented have to really cling to it and the less talented, well, we can kind of hang on to it. 
No. But when it comes to loving, when it becomes to abhorring evil, when it comes to clinging good, we all have to have the same dedication and devotion to doing that. Regardless of our talent level. And so the point that we want to emphasize is instead of looking at yourself through the lens of talents and abilities and engaging different levels of commitment, according to that, understand that commitment and loyalty and dedication is something that you don't have to have a lot of talent to give. But it's something that we can all give by just simply loving the Lord like we ought to love Him. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. We should all have the same diligence. We should all have the same spirit whenever it comes to serving the Lord. So if my talent and my ability is getting up here to speak, then I want to do it with diligence and with fervor. If my talent is standing at the back door and opening up the back door for people to come in, I want to do it with fervor and I want to do it with diligence. If my talent is going down to the rest home and visiting somebody that's probably going to forget me about five minutes after I leave, I'm going to do it with fervor and with diligence. Don't discount yourself. But understand that whatever your contribution is to this congregation, do it with diligence and do it with fervor in order to add to the success of the congregation as a whole. 1 Corinthians 12, 21. Paul says, The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Now if I were to come, if I came walking into town Sunday and after the end of the service, I walked up to somebody and said, You know what? I really don't think you're as good a song leader as this person here, so you probably want to think about not leading any singing anymore. If I said that to someone, well, first of all, the elders would be right there with me. And you'd be thinking, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Coming in here and looking at someone that maybe is not as developed and talented as, he, you know, as he's going to be, and he comes up to him and says that this congregation has no need of him, the gall of him. You see, whenever we're dismissive of other people's functions dismissive of other members. We look at that and we understand that that's wrong. You just don't do that, do you? You just don't do that. 1 Corinthians 12. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? But if that person said... You know, I'm not as good a song leader as this person, so I don't think that I'm going to be leading any singing. Y'all don't need me. You'd go up to them and you'd be compassionate. <laughs> and you'd be comparing, you'd be, you'd be caring and you would be encouraging. Because we don't want anyone to dismiss their contribution to the congregation. We don't want anyone to be self-dismissive. And what I want us to understand that if that's the case, that's just as wrong. It's just as wrong for you to dismiss yourself as it is for someone else to dismiss you. 
You see, sometimes we look at that and we think that, well, they're just, you know, they're just being hard on themselves. Well, they may be being hard on themselves, but they're being wrong. Because God doesn't want us to look at ourselves in comparison to other people and say, well, since I'm not like that person, I'm of no use to the congregation. We can't tolerate that type of thinking. But we have to instill within each of us that we all have a contribution to make and to be loyal and dedicated and committed to making that contribution. So if you're sitting there tonight and you're dismissing yourself and you're thinking, well, I'm just being humble. No, you're being wrong. You're being wrong. It's not being humble. Because there's a Bible verse that says don't do that. And usually when a Bible verse says don't do something and we do it, it's wrong, right? So if the Bible says don't say it and you're saying it or I'm saying it, it's wrong. Don't accept that attitude. Don't let Satan convince you into discounting yourself and taking away your contribution from the group of people that's here. Well, my contribution's not much. Well, it it may not be. But you take your contribution that may not be much and this person over here whose contribution may not be much and this person here whose contribution may not be much and put all of those things that aren't much together and they become much they become much don't dismiss yourself don't be the person that just kind of sits on the periphery get in there and get involved bug these elders what can I do what can I do this is what I'm willing to do what do you want me to do Romans 12 and 5, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. This statement, individually members of one another, Barnes' commentary had a real good explanation of this. I wanted to read it to you. That is, we are so fitted as to be mutually dependent. Each one is of service to the other and the existence and office of the one is necessary to the usefulness of the other. The members of this congregation depend upon you. You look at the strongest among you and whoever you are, the strongest among you depend upon you. You're necessary. You're necessary for their function. And whenever you don't make your contribution, then you're handicapping them. You're handicapping them. Because if I I start to walk and this foot right here decides it's not going to make its contribution, what ends up happening? Then the rest of the body has to pick up for that which the foot is not contributing. And then that puts extra stress on the rest of the body and what ends up happening? You end up injuring another part of your body. And so if you're not doing your part, if you're not dedicated, if you're not loyal, if you're not committed, you need to understand you're hurting other people. You're hurting other people. Oh, no, you're just saying, no, it's true. 
You're hurting other people. Because whenever you fail to contribute, whenever you fail to grow, you're taking away from the growth and the development of everyone else. Because when one person is growing and developing, it has an influence throughout the body that affects the growth and the development of everyone else. You have a challenge to grow, not only for the sake of your own spiritual growth, but the spiritual growth of everyone else in this congregation. And that's one of the challenges that I take back home. I want to grow spiritually, and I want to grow spiritually for myself, but I know as an elder and a leader, if I grow spiritually, then the rest of the congregation is going to grow spiritually. Not because I'm some great person, but because that's the way God set it up. We're mutually dependent upon each other. Luke 6, 38, Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. With the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you again. Serve to be served. You want this congregation to serve you? Serve the congregation. Serve the congregation. You want this congregation to be dedicated and loyal and committed to you? Be dedicated and loyal and committed to the congregation. That's the way God has set it up. That for you to receive the blessing that you want, make it your point to be that blessing to other people. Instead of just being a bunch of takers, and I'm not saying you're a bunch of takers. I think you all are a bunch of givers from my experience this week. But I'm just saying, if all you want to do is just sit back and see what you can get, okay? If that's the attitude of everybody in the congregation, if we're all sitting back waiting to see what we're going to get... Are we going to get very much that way? No. But if I busy myself with serving, if I'm serving, then someone has to be receiving. But if all I'm doing is interested in receiving, no one gets anything. There has to be servants. Dedicate. Be loyal. Commit yourself to serving the congregation and the congregation will serve you. Again, I hear people, they leave church, well, I just didn't get anything out of it. <laughs> and the question always back is, well, what have you put into it? Devote yourself to serving this congregation so that this congregation can serve you. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8. <clears throat> Love suffers long and is kind. You know, we talked about again love this morning. The committed type of love. This is the agape love that the Lord talks about. You know, in just about every wedding that you go to, you read 1 Corinthians 13. But you know what? Paul didn't write this for a wedding ceremony. He didn't write this for a wedding ceremony. He wrote this for Christians and their relationships with each other. So when he says love suffers long and is kind, you know, nothing ever starts out good whenever it has the word suffer in it. <clears throat> whenever we have relationships with each other, we're going to suffer. Congregations aren't always going to be on a spiritual high. 
Congregations are going to go through difficulties. People are going to have problems. People are going to have to suffer one another. And that's what commitment and dedication and loyalty is all about. I need to know the people that are going to be there, not when I'm just at my best, but when I'm also at my worst. Will you be there when I'm at my worst? Will you be there when I'm at my worst? Does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. You know, if I was looking for the success of something, what's the key to the success of this? And somebody says, well, here, do this. It never fails. I'd probably want to commit to doing that, wouldn't I? If I had the guarantee, it never fails. Well, here's a guarantee that Paul gives, that love never fails. And this love here is not the roses and, 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 and little heart type of love. This is the type of love that whenever the chips are down, people are there with you through thick and thin. They're going to suffer with you. They're going to hurt with you. They're going to lift you up whenever you fall. They're going to be there for you. And they do that all the while knowing that if they were in your place, you'd be there for them too. Are you that type of person for the people of your congregation? And the commitment that we're talking about tonight is born out of love. And whenever we talk about being a, having congregational commitment, you can't commit if you don't love the way that Christ loves. You can't commit. <clears throat> if we wrap up, whenever we look at each other and in our interactions with each other, it's important for us to understand just who we are. You know, Paul was dealing with an issue about younger or rather weaker brothers that were being offended. And Paul characterizes it like this. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you're no longer walking in love, do not destroy your food. Or do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Think about that statement for just a moment. Paul doesn't say, don't destroy your food for the weaker brother. But he places a value on that brother. By characterizing that brother as the one for whom Christ died. When we look at each other, when we look in the faces of fellow congregants that we meet with, whenever we see each other, we need to see people for whom Christ died. Because that gives them value, that gives them worth, that just screams for our commitment and our loyalty and our dedication to them. It's like this table right here. You know, this is a good communion table. It's good, it's solid, it's sturdy. <clears throat> it's a communion table. But if I said... Christ died for that communion table. 
Does that communion table look any different? Does that communion table have a different value to you now? That Christ died for it? And the point that I want us to make is that whenever we look at it, it still looks the same. It looks like it always did. But understanding that Christ died for it gives it a completely different meaning now. And it's the same way with all of us. If you were to look at me and my bad times and my troubles and, and, and look at me and, and, and think, you know, boy, I just don't know. And if you look at me through the lens of all of the bad things about me, your commitment might wane. But if you look at me through the lens of that's a person that Christ died for. That's a person that Christ died for. So if Christ died for that person, that person needs to have my commitment and my loyalty and my dedication. Don't you think so? He goes on to say in verse number 20, Do not destroy the work of God. Look at all of the members of your congregation. You know what each individual member of that congregation is? A work of God. That demands your loyalty and your dedication and your commitment. So we are individually the work of God. And that just screams to, each, to us to be loyal and to be commitment, committed and to be dedicated. And so in conclusion, my admonition to you tonight is to be dedicated, loyal and devoted to this congregation, to the people of this congregation. Develop relationships where you're going to be committed to doing your share and your part for the spiritual growth of everyone is here. Don't sit around your house and think of big dreams about how can I do things off in Nigeria and off in India and those works are good, but your work first doesn't start with a trip across the ocean. Your work first starts with a drive down the street to one of the people sitting in this building. You know, it's like Jesus said, if you're not faithful in the little things, how can you be expected to be faithful in much? You know, that's kind of what we do. A lot of times we know that we're failing in the little things. And so what we like to try to do is every once in a while hit a home run. <laughs> do something big. When we stand before the Lord. We're going to want to talk to the Lord about all the home runs that we hit. But then he wants to know, well, what about that little thing there? What about Sharon? What about Joe? What about Ray? What'd you do for them? What'd you do for them? Be dedicated and loyal and committed to each other. Let each of you know that you're dedicated and you're loyal and you're committed and start tonight asking the question, what can I do to help others grow so that I can grow and to collectively we can glorify the Lord? I appreciate your attention. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, You want to talk about loyalty, dedication, and commitment. Jesus Christ, <clears throat> while we were sinners, when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, when you had no loyalty, dedication, or commitment to Him, He gave His all 
for you. He gave His all for you. In giving His life upon the cross so that your sin debt can be taken away, so that you can have peace with the righteous God of heaven, so that His righteous requirements could be satisfied, so that God, the holy and perfect and righteous just one, can have relationship with you, a filthy sinner. By taking you and putting you in Christ so that the righteousness of Christ becomes your righteousness. And through obedience to the gospel by baptism, having your sins washed away and being clothed in the righteousness of the Lord. If you're here tonight and you are a Christian, and maybe you look at your loyalty, your dedication, your devotion, maybe you've dismissed yourself, maybe you haven't accepted your role and your responsibility in the congregation, maybe you've taken people for granted, and you want to commit to these people, and you want to commit to the Lord, and you want to offer a service in the future that you haven't offered in the past. And let them know, I'm with you. I'm there for you. You can count on me.